welcome to the Access Church Podcast. And well, let's get into the Word of God today. We're going to continue our sermon series on, uh, on being blessed. How many of you all are blessed? Amen. Somebody say hashtag blessed. You know, this has been uh, an amazing series. I've, I have taught on the blessing of God years, but there, there's so much wealth and so much richness in the Word of God. The more you dig into it, the, the more you learn and the more you, under, you understand. And, and even in these past couple weeks, this week, there's so much that I, I, I started to learn about the blessing of the Lord and so we, we have a, a foundational scripture, and that's in the book of Proverbs chapter 10, verse 22. And just kind of a side note, the, the word proverb is, it just means a, a wise saying. Um, and so Solomon wrote these, these uh, uh, amazing phrases of, of wisdom. And, and he says something here. He says in, in verse 10, 22, said, the blessing of the Lord makes a person rich and he adds no sorrow with it. Now, now I know you're thinking, yeah, well, it's easy for Solomon to say that because he was, he was rich, like in everything. He was probably um, the richest man in the world at his time. And some would say that, that he had so much wealth that he probably give, you know, Bill Gates and Carlos Slim some competition. Even today, if we would, if we would uh, you know, calculate his wealth in, in terms of today's economy, and, and so we have been talking about uh, being blessed, and today I want to start, this is part one, called Principles for Prosperity, and next week we'll, 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 we'll get into part two, and it, it had to be two parts because I was going somewhere with it, but as I began to prepare and began to study, there was so much more, and I said, well, rather than keeping you here for two and a half hours... Um, I figured I'd, I'd break it up. I, I know you'll go and see Sound of Freedom for two and a half hours, but most of you won't want to sit and listen to me for two and a half hours. But that's okay. I still love you. So we're going to do two parts. But we have established during this series that God really wants us to be blessed. And, and he wants you to experience his blessing in every area, in every facet of your life. This is, this is what God wants. You know, the, the, the Bible says something that, that says, if you being evil desire to give good things to your children, imagine how much more your heavenly father, who is the essence of everything that is good, how much more he wants you to be blessed. Like, you know, I, I think that's a, a natural uh, a recourse or a natural response that we have. We want our, our children to be better off than, than we were. We want our children uh, uh, to live better lives than 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 we do you know and 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 I can just imagine if we want that for our kids how much more does God want for us his children and so we have established that God wants you to experience his blessing in every area of our life. We have established that the blessing of God will permeate every facet of our lives. The blessing of God affects your spiritual life, your financial life, your material life, your relational life, and even your emotional life. And, and we have established that any area of your life that you submit or surrender to the Lord will be blessed. That's why you can be blessed in one area and not be blessed in another. Because God will only bless those areas that you offer, that you submit and you surrender 
to him. It's not a just an all blanket blessing. Understand that God wants every area and every facet of your life to be blessed, but he can only bless what you offer up to him. It's like when, when Jesus fed the 5,000, this, this little boy had, had, you know, two fish and five loaves, but it wasn't until he offered it to God that God, that God through, through the person of Jesus, was able to bless it. He was able to, to bless it, and it was able to be multiplied. So God, and, and we see that pattern and that principle that whatever we offer to God, God will bless, and, and God will, will, will multiply in our lives. But we have to be willing to give it. If the little boy would have stayed with his lunch, then he would have had nothing else left. Nothing would have happened. It wasn't until he offered. So God will bless any area of your life that you submit or surrender to the Lord. And so that's why you can experience the blessing of God in one area of your life and maybe not in another. So the key to experience the fullness of his blessing is to submit and surrender everything to the Lord. It's like we were talking about, we have three, three levels of generosity or three levels of, of commitment. We have obedience, we have sacrifice, and then we have worship. And so o- obedience is when we do things because we're afraid. Like right before I came up to preach, I had to go scare the, the never mind, I won't say that, out of Malachi. <laughs> and I got him to be obedient by threatening his life. CPS, I'm just kidding, okay? It's just a figure of speech, okay? And, and, and I often tell him, I'm going to knock you in the next week, and he knows that, that I've tried, and it's not possible. Um, it's a joke, okay? I haven't tried knocking him to next week. Uh, doesn't mean I haven't wanted to, but, but he, we use, you know, the, the thread of, of consequence to enact his obedience, to cultivate obedience in him. But I'm praying that there will, there will come a time where he will be able to obey, not under the threat of, of capital punishment, but he would see the need for obedience in life and see the blessing in his life. And so we, we start off with, with the obedience. And, and, and a, real, a, a real simple principle of obedience is the tithe. It's 10%. Now, now, I understand that some of you are still struggling on that level. And that's okay because these are levels as, as you grow, as your faith grows and you mature in Christ. You know, you're going to realize, man, that when, when you offer God the 10%, man, you're really not giving him much. You're just returning what belongs to him out of an act of obedience. That's what we do. And so we start at obedience, and then we get to the next level is sacrifice. And as I was sharing in the transition, that that sacrifice is a mindset. Sacrifice is a mindset where we feel like we're giving up things for God. And, and I know, and, and, and just, you know, out of transparency, I know that that's why most of you fast in January. That's your mindset. You're giving up all the good food. You're giving up the sweets. You're giving up the meat. You're giving up the bread. You have this mindset, I really want it, but because I, I, I don't want to feel left out, I'm going to, I'm going to fast. And, and so that, that is a mindset. But then we get to the next level as what we call worship. It's a, the, the highest level of, of commitment that we can have where we realize and recognize that everything we have belongs to God. 
And, and I think a, a perfect picture of, of this mindset and, and this heart of worship is seen in the life of Abraham. You know Abraham's story. Abraham prayed for a son. He wanted a son. And, and God finally gave him a son. And when his son was about 30 or 40 years old, God comes to Abraham and says, okay, remember that son that I gave you? I know some of you think he was like five or eight or 16. No, Isaac was about 40 years old when, when um, his father tried to sacrifice him on the altar. Now, if that was me at 40, me and my dad, you guys met my dad last week, we would have had a few words. Like, uh-uh, <laughs> I'm going to put you on the altar. I'm bigger than you now. Um, but Abraham understood, and, and I love what he says. The Bible says that they got to the foot of the mountain, and he told his servants, he says, wait here, because my son and I were going up to the mountain, and we're going to worship. And I remember years ago, I was actually in Bible college, and, and, and I remember, you know, hearing that a, a pastor was preaching, and I heard that, and I said, wow, what a difference in mentality and in mindset that what you and I call sacrifice, Abraham called worship. And, and, I, and I thought, what would cause him to, to have that, that, that different mindset, that different mentality, that what you and I call, call uh, uh, sacrifice, Abraham would call worship, is because Abraham realized that without God, he would never even have a son. That if it wasn't for the goodness of God, he would have never had a son that, that he, he wanted to sacrifice. I know some of you are saying, God asked me, I'll give you my son right now. Let's, I'll go into covenant, just tell me, you know, when and where. Um, but, but that's not the point. So he, he, he got to this point, and, and the reason why he could call worship what you and I call sacrifice is because he realized that he did not own anything, that everything belonged to God. That it all belongs to him. And that's why James tells us that every good gift comes from up above. Everything that we have. And so when God asks you for something, you, you, you don't want to hold it back because you realize that you would never had it if it was not for the goodness of God. And so when we live on that level of worship and, and, and we, we, we get to that point and we realize that everything we have belongs to him, it becomes so easy to submit and surrender whatever he asks of us. If he asks for our future and our plans, I, I've shared this before. I, I didn't want anything to do with the ministry. My, my plans, my personal plans is I was going to be an NBA star. Now, don't laugh. Okay, don't laugh. But that was my personal plans. And that's where I, I spent all, all my life, you know, I, I was inspired by Muggsy Bogues and Spud Webb. Like, if they can't have 5'7", me at 6 foot, I can, I can do it. On a good day with high heels, I'm six feet tall, okay? With the right pair of shoes. Um, and, and I thought, man, those were my plans. And, and, and I, had, I had plans to do other things, but there came a point in time where I had to submit and surrender my plans, my future, my priorities, everything that I have to God. And, and, and so when we submit and surrender anything in our life, then the blessing of the Lord will come and he will rest on that area. If you submit your family to the Lord, your family will be blessed. If you submit your health to the Lord, your physical body will be blessed. If you submit your emotions to the Lord, your feelings will be blessed. The bl How many of you know that a blessed person responds or reacts differently? You can always tell on Facebook who's blessed in their emotions and who's not. 
Because some people, just, they, they're just looking for a fight. And, and so when you're blessed and you surrender your, your, your emotions to the Lord, your emotional life, your feelings are blessed. You react and respond differently. And, and the blessed person isn't so easily offended. And the blessed person doesn't take impersonal things personally. If you submit your thoughts to the Lord, your thoughts will be blessed. A blessed person thinks differently, sees things differently, walks differently. There is something about someone who knows that they carry the full blessing of the Lord on their lives. It doesn't matter what happens. They aren't moved by their present circumstances. They're not moved by their present situations. They, they have this unshakable, immutable, unbreakable confidence confidence that everything is going to work out for their good that's what when, when you're blessed you, you just have this confidence it doesn't matter what's going on around you it's like we talked about uh, last last week in, in, or two weeks ago with with psalm 1 verse 3 when david compares the blessed man like a tree that is planted by by living waters that tree is not is not praying for rain that tree doesn't need rain to flourish why because its roots are connected to the source and that's what it's like to be blessed when you are blessed and you carry the full blessing of God over your life you know that Romans 8 is going to come true that all things are going to work out for your good now don't don't confuse it doesn't say that everything's going to be good what it means that that God is so sovereign and God is so provident that he can take even the things that the enemy meant to harm you or to hurt you. God is so powerful and provident that he can turn it around and use it for his plans and his purpose in your life. Case in point, Joseph. Remember, Joseph was, was disparaged and demeaned by, by, by his, his own brothers. His own brothers conspired to kill him. Because he was having these amazing dreams how God was going to bless him and how God was going to elevate him. And that even one day his own brothers would bow down and worship him. Well, if, if you're the younger brother, let me just give you a, a secret. Your older brothers don't want to hear that. But he didn't know that. He, his immaturity is like, dude, I had this amazing dream. One day you're all going to worship me. No, that didn't go over very well. But he, he had these dreams from God and his own brothers conspired to kill him. They threw him in a pit. They got him out of the pit. And they sold him into slavery into Egypt. And he went from being a slave to being a house manager to be a, a prison just when he thought like things were getting better, all of a sudden now he finds himself falsely accused and he finds himself in prison. And then from the prison, he makes it all the way to the palace. And then lo and behold, there comes a time where all his dreams come true, where his brothers come and bow down before him. And I love how Joseph recognizes the blessing of God over his life because his brothers, when they recognize him, they're like, oh man, he's going to get, he's, he's, they, they thought Joseph was like him. They thought Joseph had their heart. That he was envious and jealous and spiteful and vengeful. But I love what Joseph says. He says, uh-uh, guys. See, they, they thought, said, now he's going to kill us. Now he's going to get back at us. And Joseph says, uh-uh, I, I, I see it. That what you meant for evil... God meant for my good. 
And if you wouldn't have done what you did, I wouldn't be where I am. And that's the way a blessed person responds. You don't walk around being vengeful. You don't walk around being spiteful because you know that it doesn't matter what anybody does to you. God is so powerful and so provident that God will take what they try to do to you and he'll allow it and make it work towards your favor. That's the blessing of God. Now, now, notice I said that those that carry the full blessing of the Lord, and I, I said a couple of weeks ago that when we speak of blessings, because we're, 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 we're materialistic, let, let's, let's, you know, let's, let's be real, right? Be 100. We're a very materialistic society. We, we love brand names like Foochie and Hoochie and, oh, no, not that one. Oh, see, I can say that because mom's not here. Last week, my mom would have been like, mijo, we're having a talk later. And when we think about blessings right away, our mind goes to stuff. It goes to things. It goes to stuff. And, 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 and while the blessing of the Lord does bring about material and financial blessings, the blessing of the Lord over our lives is so much more than that. Like I said, when God blesses, God doesn't bless you with stuff. He uses, He usually blesses you with seed and with strategy. With seed and with strategy. That's how God blesses. And we think that if we get the blessing of the Lord, he's going to give us the numbers to the Powerball. Believe me, it doesn't work. I've tried. I said, I try to tap into the prophetic power. I say, okay, God, let me know. And I said, and I even tried to spirit. like, God, you know the amazing church we could build for your honor, for your glory. <laughs> but God doesn't bless with stuff. He blesses with seed. And he blesses with, with strategy. That's how God blesses. And oftentimes we miss the blessing because we're expecting things, we're expecting stuff, and God gives us a seed. It's like when, when the prophet Samuel was praying for a king, God showed him a shepherd boy. He's like, uh, God, I think we got you know this kind of mixed up. I was asking for a king, not a shepherd boy. God says, I know, I gave you the seed of a king. Now it's up, for, it's up to you to cultivate. He's got the heart of a king, but you've got to cultivate that seed. And that's the way God blesses us. So when God blesses, he doesn't bless with things or with stuff. He blesses with seed and with strategy. And, and while I truly believe that when you submit and surrender your finances to the Lord, your finances will be blessed. But the blessing of the Lord is not stuff and it's not things. And so the blessing of the Lord is like a mantle that you as a child of God carries. A mantle. Do you know what a, a, a mantle is? When we, we, it's a, a biblical term. It basically means like a cloak or, or a, a covering. And so when you have the blessing of the Lord, it's like you have this invisible spiritual mantle that's over your life that gives you access to all that God has appropriated and prepared for you. And, and in biblical times, mantles were, were very important because people were identified by their mantle. Do you remember when, when in Luke chapter 5, when Jesus shows up at, the, at, at the, the Sea of Galilee, and there was Peter, James, and John, and they had just finished uh, fishing. They were completely frustrated, and they were washing their nets, and, and Jesus shows up and said, hey, can I borrow your boat? And right away, Peter addresses him as rabbi. Why? Because Jesus showed up with a rabbi's mantle. 
And so in biblical times, the type of mantle you carried was, was your identity. It identified you. It determined what you had access to. It, de- it determined the places that you could go. It determined how, how people would, would treat you. And so in, in, in biblical times, the mantles were very important. Well, that's what the blessing of the Lord is. It's like this mantle that you have, that you carry, that, that, that it will give you access to all of the things that God has promised in Scripture for you. Someone's like in my preaching. Amen. Now, in the English dictionary, this means cloak or cape, but it also that it symbolizes authority and responsibility. And in Hebrew, the mantle is called adoret. It is a general term that was used to describe any type of cloak or mantle. But the practical application of the mantle was essentially to protect you. It, it was to, to cover you. And, and so when we understand what a mantle is, we understand that the blessing of the Lord does not just provoke you to prosper or cause you to prosper. The blessing of the Lord comes with, with divine and supernatural protection. Do you realize that God is constantly protecting you from things that you have no idea that were about to happen to you. Oftentimes we give thanks to God for the things that, that, that we've seen. We, we, we've given thanks to God for the things that, that we've been a witness to that he has saved us from. But how many times do we stop and say, God, I thank you for the accidents that I didn't know were going to happen. I thank you, God, for the tragedies that I didn't know that were going to happen. God, I thank you for all the things that could or should have happened. But because I have the mantle of your blessing over my life, I've got a supernatural covering and protection so when when uh, someone would receive a, a mantle do you remember Elisha and Elijah Elijah was 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 a prophet and he was he was preparing to to his exit and God sent him to to uh, look for his successor in Elisha and the Bible says that Elisha was plowing in the field and what did Elijah do Elijah came up he didn't give him a, a certificate to a Bible college he didn't put him in seminary classes what did he do the Bible says that he took off his mantle and he threw it on Elisha What was he saying? He was giving him a new identity. He was giving him a new covering. He was giving him a a new authority. And so when we look at a mantle from a biblical perspective, a mantle comes with power, with position, authority, protection, and respect. In fact, we see this happening because he was there. He was plowing the field. Elijah didn't tell him anything. The only thing he had to do is throw. He walked up to him and threw his mantle on him and said, now you're going to follow me. Didn't even say anything. He just threw it on there. But Elisha understood what that meant. And a few weeks ago, we talked about what Elisha did after that. He went, he killed the, he killed the ox, and he burnt the plow. And, and, and he said, I'm never going back to what I used to be. Because I have a new identity. I have a new covering. I have a new position. I have a new authority. And so, look at what happens when Elijah is taken up, taken up, and Elisha is left, do you realize that Elijah's last miracle was Elisha's first miracle? The last miracle that Elijah performed was he, he, he threw his cloak on, on, the, on the Jordan River and it opened. He made the, he made the, the, the axes float, the axe heads float. When 
Elijah leaves and Elisha comes back to the river, what does he do? He takes off the mantle. Why? Because he understood that there was power and authority in the mantle. And the Bible says that he takes the mantle and he hits the Jordan River and it opens. So there is power with this mantle. And, and, and so this, this is this thing that you and I carry every day. That's why I'm telling you every morning you've got to wake up and say, I am blessed. Why? What are you doing? You are putting on this supernatural, powerful mantle that brings protection and prosperity over your life. That will give you access to places that will open up doors that you thought you weren't qualified for. That you thought you would sit at boardrooms and you'll sit in meetings that, that everybody else is going to be looking well I'm Dr. So-and-so and I'm licenciado so-and-so and you're like I'm just Mr. So-and-so but why are you here oh it's because I've got a mantle I've got this mantle of blessing and protection. And last week we broke down the Hebrew word used in the Old Testament for blessed which is Baruch which according to the theological workbook of the Old Testament means to endue with power for success and prosperity it says to endure but i believe a more accurate description of how the blessing of the lord manifests in our life is we are not endued but we are imbued with power for success and prosperity we are imbued so so to endure according to dictionary.com means to invest or endow with some gift quality or faculty or 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 to put on And, and I like to believe that we are imbued with power for success and prosperity. In fact, the Bible tells us in Deuteronomy, those that are heirs to the inheritance of, of God, that we have the power or the ability to create wealth. We have that in us. It's, it's a biblical promise for us. And so we are not endued. We are imbued. Now, according to Collins, if someone or something is imbued with an idea, a feeling, or a quality, it means that they, they become filled with it. That, that word imbued comes from a Latin root word, which means to stain, to saturate, or drench, or even to dye something. In other words, when something becomes imbued, It takes on a new color. It takes on a new form. It, it, it can no longer go back to its original state. And that's what I was saying when Elisha, he took the mantle of Elijah over his life. He was not endued with something. He was imbued. Why? Because it changed him. He could no longer go back to being who he was. He could no longer going back to being just a plowman. He could no longer go back. And when you have the blessing of God in your life, you are imbued with power you you become different you think differently you walk differently you you have a different attitude a different perspective you take on a new identity that's why when you understand and recognize that you have the blessing the mantle of the blessing of the lord you've got to get your pimp walk now we have too many chap snatters here so i'm not going to demonstrate a pink walk for you because that would definitely go viral That's all we need is some more of our haters out there. All right, I'll do it. Since you begged, I was practicing it all week. You want to see my pimp walk? No. Maybe some other time. Come on Thursday. So when something is imbued, it takes on 
a new identity. And that's what Elisha demonstrated. When he was imbued with this mantle, he could no longer go back to being who he was. And, and, and so the blessing of the Lord is not something that you can put on and take off. When you receive the blessing of the Lord, it fills you, it stains you, it dyes you, it changes you. It, it gives you that new identity. And in fact, isn't that what we saw in Abraham? When he received the blessing of God, remember his name was Abram, but after he entered into the covenant and he received the blessing of God, God changed his name from Abram to Abraham. Remember we talked about in biblical, in biblical times that a name was, was not just a name. A name was an identifier. It identified your, your personality, your character, your attributes, your, 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 your destiny, your purpose. And when God entered to that, in that covenant of blessing with Abraham, who is our model, he changed his name from Abram to Abraham. He also changed his wife Sarai to Sarah. He, he, what, what did he do? It, 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 in fact, let's look at Genesis 17, 5. It says, what's more, I am changing your name. It will no longer be Abram. Instead, you will be called Abraham, for you will be the father of many nations. Now, you probably think, well, well, Pastor, what, what's the big deal? Like, what's, what, what's the difference that a little H in the middle of a name could make? But understand that, that God leaves no detail unturned. Remember, we were talking about how rich the word of God is, and God is speaking to us. Don't ever overlook any slight detail in scripture, because in every detail, God is speaking to us. God is, what is he doing? He's giving us pictures and patterns. And so, I remember sitting in, 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 Bible, in Bible college uh, about 10 years ago, and um, it's a joke. Maybe he's like 15, but... In, in my professor of, of Old Testament uh, theology, he's, he's a Messianic rabbi. He's fluent in, in, in modern Hebrew and in biblical Hebrew. And he began to talk to us about the significance of the letter He being inserted into the middle of Abram's name. Now, the letter He means is, is the name for God. When we, when we see the, the word Yahweh or Jehovah or Jehovah, that's the biblical word for, for, for God, but it's derived from this, this, this letter that is the fifth letter in the Hebrew alphabet. And so it's been a few years, so actually I called my, my professor yesterday. Well, I texted him and said, hey, do you have some time? I, I want you to refresh my memory. And we had a fabulous conversation um, his name is Rabbi Roy Garcia. He has a, a, a multi-site campus congregation in San Antonio and the surrounding areas. And, and he began to, to explain to me that He is the fifth letter in the Hebrew alphabet. And when, when, when spoken, it, it sounds like our letter H. It, it, it's what they call a guttural, uh, a guttural sound because when, when the Jews say it, it almost sounds like they're hawking up a loogie. And that's the biblical term for it. And so they're like, hey. And, and that's what it means. And, and remember I've said that in Hebrew, every letter has a musical value. It has a numeric value. It has an alpha value to it. But it also carries a, a, a picture meaning 
to it. And so when you look at, at the, the Hebrew letter, hey, like I said, it's the fifth letter in the alphabet, so its numerical value is number five. How many of you know what the fifth, number five in biblical numerology stands for? For grace. Thank you. It means grace. And then he went on to say, Rabbi Roy went on to say that the letter He means breath. It means to reveal. It's actually the, the, the revealed name of, of God. When, when God asked, when Moses asked God in, when he was having the burn, burn, burning bush encounter there in the desert, he said, who shall I send me? He says, I am. He was saying, hey, that's what, that, 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 that letter hey is actually the word for God. It means God. And so what did God do? When God entered into the covenant of, of blessing with Abraham, he inserted himself in Abraham's identity. He inserted himself in Abraham's name. He inserted himself in Abraham's purpose. He said, you are no longer who you used to be. Now you are me. Now you have me in you. And that's when he began to say, and you will be blessed. Why? Because he inserted himself. That's why when when, when we, we look at the name Yahweh or Elohim, it has that letter hey, because that letter represents God. And what was God saying is by my grace, I'm giving you the blessing in your life. And what did I say? He gets a new identity. Now, that word, that letter He actually also means promise or blessing. And, and I think about what, what is the significance of God using the fifth letter, which means five, which means grace, and inserting his name, which also means promise or blessing inside your name. What he's saying, it's not about what you do, it's about who I am. Why would it be so significant and so important for God to make sure that we understand that we are blessed not because of how good we are, but because of how good he is? Because if we could earn it, then we could lose it. If we could earn it, we would make it about us. Like, like the Apostle Paul said when he was talking about the gifts of the Spirit. He said they come from the Spirit. They're the prerogative of the Spirit so that no man should boast. See, that's why we can't boast about the blessing. That's why we can't brag about the blessing. Why? Because the blessing has nothing to do with us. It has everything to do with God inserting him in our life, inserting him in our family, inserting him in our marriage, in our business, wherever we're at. That's what happens. When you submit and surrender any area of your God, what are you doing? You're opening the door for God to insert himself in that area. Now, the letter He has two openings. And I got this from Rabbi Roy. It has at the top, it looks like this. So it has a line and then it has another line. Almost like an upside down U. But the, the stick does not connect to, to the curved top. That's the technical term, the curvy top. Do you, and I was just thinking about this, just came to me. Do you remember when they were in Egypt at the first Passover and God was going to send the angel of death? And he said, I want you to take blood and I want you to put it on the doorpost. What did they do? They did this. What was number five? What did they do? They did the he. They were saying the grace of God covers his home. So when the angel of death came by, they were covered and protected. That's how the blessing of the God works in our life. 
You have the he over your life. God will literally insert himself into your life. And so it has two openings. It has a little opening and a smaller opening. And what Rabbi Roy was telling me, he said that when you have this, this means that, that these blessings, these ideas, even created creativity will, will, will flow from God through you. Now understand what I said. He, he, he was very specific and intentional with what he said. He said that ideas, creativity, and the blessings will flow from God through you. It'll cut, everything comes from God. But notice he didn't say that it will flow from God to you. Why? Because God doesn't bless you for you. God blesses you so that you could be a blessing to others. So that little opening is the doorway for God to flow his idea. That's why God blesses you with seed and with strategy. And oftentimes we miss out because we mistake the seed for the blessing. We mistake the strategy or the idea for the blessing. And God said, that's not the, that's not the blessing. That's the seed that you need to cultivate, that you need to sow to plant so that the blessing, but so that the blessing of God will flow through you to other people. And let me give you, you want to be blessed and even more blessed, then you need to be a bigger blessing. The more people you bless, the more God will bless you. That's biblical. It's there. So God will, will get, give you these ideas. These creativity will flow from God through you. And, and so the blessing of the Lord is a mantle that causes or provokes you to prosper or to produce. So when you carry this mantle... You have this supernatural ability to prosper. And we saw that in Joseph's life. Remember, we talked about Joseph. Joseph was put in a pit, and then from the pit, he became to Potiphar's house. What happened? He prospered in Potiphar's house. From Potiphar's house, he went to the prison. What happened in the prison? He prospered in the prison. And then from the prison, he went to the palace. And what happened in the palace? He prospered. See, when you carry this mantle over your life, you have this power to prosper. So I'm going to give you my definition of blessing. And you can write it down. And I'm not even going to charge you today. Next week, it'll be 1999. This, this is my definition of the blessing. It is the supernatural grace and favor of God overlaid onto our ability to produce supernatural results or glory. The supernatural grace and favor of God overlaid onto our ability to produce supernatural results or glory. So when you put on this mantle, it, it covers your own abilities. God will use you, what he's given you, and he will cause you to prosper. It doesn't matter where you're placed. It doesn't matter what happens. Now, going back to something I said in our fully devoted series, in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3, it says, All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms, because we are united with Christ. Now, that word, who has blessed us, is the Greek word, word elohio which is a compound word comprised of two words one is el which means to be well off or well or prosper the second word is logos which means in this context a command or decree uttered by a living voice 
So the mantle is God's commanded blessing when you submit and surrender every area of your life, whether it's your finances through your giving, whether it's through your time through serving, whether it's your family, your marriage, your business, whatever you do, when you submit that area to God, what are you doing? You are living under God's commanded blessing. God through his voice and through that mantle begins to speak and he tells your business to prosper. He tells your marriage to prosper. He tells your family to prosper. He tells your children to prosper. He tells your business to prosper. He, whatever you submit and surrender, you are living under a commanded voice. It is God's voice literally saying, prosper, produce, multiply. That's why it doesn't matter where they put you. It doesn't matter where they place you. It doesn't matter if they try to hide you. They try to blacklist you, try to defame or disparage you. The mantle you carry is going to provoke you to prosper. It has to happen. I have seen it in my life, not just in the ministry, but in corporate America. There was a time, I've shared my testimony, how I worked for a, a business consulting firm. And I was literally sitting at, at, at boardrooms and tables with, with people that had MBAs from Yale, from Harvard, from Stanford, from Princeton. And I had my diploma from CMC. You're like, from where exactly? <laughs> Little small Bible college in Helotes, Texas. And there I was, sitting down with these guys that paid thousands of dollars to sit at that table. We're probably still in debt, paying off school books and tuition. And there I was. Why was I there? Not because I had a degree, but because I had a mantle. I had a mantle. I carried this favor and disgrace. Now, don't get me wrong. It didn't come easy. I had to put my time in. I had to read. I had to study. I remember they would be, I'd be in board meetings and they would say terms and I'd go back and, and I'd write it down. I'd go back and Google it. I didn't know what that meant and I'd write it down. I'd go back. And so in the next meeting, I'm like, oh yeah, I know the law of diminishing returns. I had to put in my time. That's why I say the blessing is God's supernatural ability overlaid on your ability. Because God can only bless to the good degree that you invest. God will only bless you to the degree that you invest. Remember, God doesn't bless you with stuff. He bless you with strategy. But you've got to put in the work. I know you don't like It's better God. Yes, bless me. For a check to just come down or to give you the, the, the winning lotto numbers. So when you have the blessing of God on your life. Where's Caleb at? I can't see that bozo. Where's that? There he is. He's hiding. Are you eating a taco? No? Are you back there eating a taco really? No? Okay. <laughs> when you carry the mantle. You have God's commanded blessing. That means God is speaking to that area in your life. Remember when God said, let there be light in Genesis chapter 1? The Bible says that heaven and earth shall pass away, but his word will remain forever. Do you know that 
that word, when God said, let there be light, his voice is still resonating in the heavens and the atmosphere. If at any moment he would retract his word, then light would cease to exist. So that word is still being spoken. Now imagine the same God that said, let there be light is speaking to your life and saying, be blessed, be prosperous, produce, multiply, favor, grace, prosperity. He is saying it. He's speaking it. And all you have to do is just walk in it. You just have to walk in it. So I'm going to conclude with this. Going back to the covenant with Abraham. Genesis chapter 12, 1 and 3 says, The Lord, 1 through 2 says, The Lord has said to Abram, Go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. Remember the He, two openings? God will give you things to bless through you so that you can be a blessing. And this is the way the, the, the whole kingdom of heaven functions and operates off of this principle. Whatever you sow, you will reap. And the more you sow, the more you're a funnel for God's favor and blessing to other people, the more God trusts you and the more God will bless you. And this is what he tells Abraham in verse 2. He says, and I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. Remember, this literally means is that you will be seen as being blessed. The blessing of God produces supernatural results or glory. See, oftentimes we confuse the glory or the fruit for the blessing. The house isn't the blessing. The car isn't the blessing. The job promotion isn't the blessing. The bonus isn't the blessing. The raise isn't the blessing. That's just the fruit of the blessing that's on your life. And oftentimes we confuse the fruit for the blessing or the glory of the blessing. That word glory means manifestation. And so what God is saying is that when you carry the blessing of God over your life, there's going to be fruit. Or like they say in social media, habrán señales. Do they say that in English too or just in Spanish? Just in Spanish. There will be signs. Tell your neighbor, when I'm blessed, there will be signs. Habrá señales. Why? Because the blessing of God will be visible over your life. When I put on my mantle, there's going to be signs. There's going to be signs. Are you ready to put on that mantle of blessing? I want you to do me a favor. Stand up. Remember, every morning. Why am I telling you every morning to say the words, I am blessed? Because when you, when you say that, you're putting on the mantle. And you carry God's commanded blessing. And God is, God is commanding blessing. You go to the office, he's saying, be blessed. You go to school, he's saying, be blessed. You go to Starbucks, amen, he's saying, be blessed. 
wherever you're at, he's speaking that word of blessing in your life. So it just even if it's not working out, it may not be working out right now, but know that his word will not return void. If he's speaking blessing, it's just a matter of time. That thing is going to produce and is going to prosper. Are you ready to walk in prosperity? Amen. We'll come back next week for part two, okay? Come back next week for part two. Please bring a $1,000 offering. Just I'm just kidding. Like, I knew there was a catch. He's one of those churches. No, we're not. We love you guys. Thank you. Thank you for joining us. And a special thanks to those who have given to support this ministry. Without you, none of this is possible. If you like this podcast, please like and subscribe and share it on social media. Thank you for listening. God bless you.